Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Montana State kept rolling, the Grizz kept finding ways to bounce back, and the Rams are the kings of the football universe. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. At Big Sky Conference hoops action over the weekend, the MSU Bobcats stayed among the hottest teams in the country. Xavier Bishop's layup through contact with six seconds left helped boost Montana State to a 72-70 victory, the 11th in a row for the Bobcats. MSU has now won 16 the last 17 and has its first 20-win season in 20 years. Bobcats sit atop the Big Sky Conference for the 12-2 mark in league play. In Missoula on Saturday, the Montana Grizz bounced back yet again. UM got swept on the road by Weber State and Idaho State last weekend before controlling Southern Utah on Monday. The Grizz again slipped, losing an overtime to Northern Arizona Thursday, marking UM's lone home loss so far this season. On Saturday, Montana bounced back again, earning its 10th Big Sky victory by outlasting Portland State 85-76. Grizz hit a season-high 11 three-pointers against the Vikings team that entered the weekend on a four-game winning streak. The MSU women had their eight-game winning streak snapped at Southern Utah Thursday, only to rebound for an 83-77 win at Northern Arizona Saturday. Montana State sits at 11-3 in league play. Finally, former Eastern Washington All-American Cooper Cup Got the game-winning touchdown and earned Super Bowl MVP honors to help lead the Los Angeles Rams to a 23-20 victory in Super Bowl 56. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Bizarre and fun life experience to finally be old enough 
that the Super Bowl halftime show was music from my yesteryear. These guys, they blew the, the doors off. I can't believe it take, took us this long to figure out. Just play some hip-hop where the music could just be all electronic and it's all about the sound system. You don't have to have the guitar blazing and blaring all the way through a 100,000-seat football stadium. Just leave it to the DJs. Get the guys on the mic as rappers, and here we go. A great Super Bowl halftime show that was part of a great Super Bowl all the way around, which is what we're going to dive into here. Hour number two of Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for being with us here on a Monday. Really appreciate it. And it's sort of bittersweet that the NFL season is over, but it culminated in a pretty darn good football game, 23-20. to The Los Angeles Rams are the champions of the National Football League. And a great effort, particularly down the stretch. And in the end, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, you already know, those guys did it all, and they helped lead a two-minute march. And the Rams, as I professed on July 1st, the Super Bowl champions. It's written on the wall in ink. I got proof. Thanks so much for being with us here on a Monday. Missing the first hour of the show, we talked all the way around the Big Sky Conference in basketball. Montana State stayed red hot. They've won 11 in a row and 16 out of 17. The Grizz men, they bounced back from a tough loss in overtime Thursday to beat Portland State. They remain in the mix. They have 10 league victories. The Montana women off last uh, on Saturday because of COVID stuff with the Portland State program, but they're in action tonight against Eastern Washington. And the MSU women, had their eight-game winning streak snapped Thursday, but bounced back with a big win on Saturday at Northern Arizona. We also talked a little high school hoops as well. You can find everything from this week's Montana Basketball Hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Sportsbet Montana as well as The Advocates. You want to stream the show? You always can. Visit our station website, 1029ESPN.com. If you want to be a part of the show, what did you think of the Super Bowl? Let us know, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're also going to want to remember that because about 20 minutes from now, we got some free Alpine Touch, some free Montana Special Spice for you. And in about 30 minutes, we got a little Valentine's Day package for you as well. we got two lift tickets to Snowball. got a $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash, got a $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli, and got a nice bottle of wine for you. All you have to do is call or text us. Let us know your Valentine's Day plans. About mm, 30 minutes, we will be giving you that package. So stay tuned for that, 406-888-1029. For the last time this football season, let's dive into it. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morningweg in studio. Coach, you're dressed like the man in black. You must have a hot date tonight. Man alive. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. You, hey, listen, let me just tell you, I throw on some black Wrangler jeans and some gray ostrich quill Tony Lama boots, and I'm all dressed up. Hey, that's all you need. Well, there's a song about that, right? All dressed up, no place to go. But I got a place to go tonight with my lovely bride, my Valentine. Lindsay Lawrence Morn Henwig. Well, we gotta we gotta say, you know, all the credit to Lindsay because this segment is pro- probably originates from her. Because when we inducted Marty in the Football Hall of Fame, we were sitting there at the after party having a good time, and Lindsay says, "Hey, someday I want to get on talk radio." She said, "We lived in Philadelphia for more than ten years. I had to listen to these guys scream and yell about how my husband can't call plays, he can't coach this, that, and the other thing." You know, by the way, this guy went to multiple NFC Championship games and Super Bowls while in Philadelphia. But regardless, she was sort of teasing. But she said, I got to get on the radio sometime. And then I started thinking, well, we should have Lindsay on for sure. But we should definitely have Coach Marty on. So happy Valentine's Day to Lindsay. Happy Valentine's Day to all 
the ladies out there, the men out there, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to my mother as well. Now she's listening, so I uh, she's our biggest fan. She loves listening to the show. So happy Valentine's Day to you too, Ma. Let's talk about this Super Bowl, Coach. First and foremost, uh, the Rams. They went all in on this thing, and it seemed like they were sort of a team of destiny. And if it wasn't going to be a team of destiny, it was going to be an uncertain future. But they made a ton of moves, including trading for Matt Stafford in the offseason and then signing a bunch of veterans uh, in the midst of the season. And it all culminates in a 23-20 victory. So what, what was your overall broad takeaways from the game yesterday? Well, I'll tell you, here, here's my big picture thought. The ability to overcome. Yep. You look at the Rams now. Talented, talented team, but then they dropped three in a row in the middle of the season. They dropped the last game to their arch rival, the 49ers, right? Then they went through some some injuries, and 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 in the Super Bowl alone, they went through a big injury. They went through a a, a horrible, I think, non-call. I thought the Rams were probably better than Cincinnati by two scores. Uh and then they overcame. They were behind uh, the, uh, the whole second half. And then, and then that last drive they put together, Cooper Cup, are you kidding me? In fact, right before, it was a series or two before that. Yep. My wife and I, we were starting to get juiced up for Valentine's Day, by the way, but we were sitting there watching the Super Bowl, and I'm going, geez, Sean McVay, right? Two out of three plays should be directed to Cooper Cup, period. Now, he may not get all of them. Sure. But they're thrown to guys that have caught 10 balls the whole season. Right. You know, I mean, come on. And then and then that last drive, starting with that fourth and one, I mean, Cooper Cup got the ball, what, f- targeted four or five times? He was targeted five, I think six times, actually, because there was a couple PI penalties as well. But he had four catches, and he rushed for a first down on that final drive as well. Yeah, what what a great great play! And he doesn't say much, does he? I he know you anything, know him man. from many years ago, and you know him top to bottom. But humble, confident, and just a terrific, terrific player. The adversity the Rams overcame too it was on full display in the playoffs because they won three straight games by a field goal. And that is the margin of error when it comes to postseason football. But for all of the the sort of branding of them as this offensive football team with a slick young head coach who's this offensive genius in Sean McVay, this team actually got it done with the dirty work. This team got it done with their D-line, with their ability to be tough, and with their ability to come up with big plays down the stretch. And uh, it, it was pretty cool to watch because this wasn't glitz and glamour in Hollywood. This was like old school football the way the Rams won this championship. You're exactly right, Coulter. That defense, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. That defense is really, really good. And going into this game, you and I talked about, if they could minimize Cincinnati's big plays, which they really did a nice job of, especially, uh, well, after the first play of the second half, uh, they just minimized all those big plays that Cincinnati is accustomed to getting. We also talked about the lines. Right, Both teams, their offensive lines were average at best. Totally. And you could see the Rams could not run the football. I mean, not at average, all. They averaged 1.9 yards per carry. I mean, it was crazy. Here's, here's a unique thing about the game as well. Okay, Two 
the turnover ratio, yep. two to nothing in favor of the Bengals. Yep. That's rare for the other team to win the game losing the turnover ratio. That's how good I think the Rams are, and that's how good of team they are of overcoming things. To win three, like you mentioned, three playoff games in a row by three points, you've got to have a clutch defense and some clutch offensive players. When you're analyzing the box score, you're totally right. If you think that a team loses, they're minus two in the turnover margin, they get outrushed two to one because Cincinnati actually did run the ball sort of effectively. They rushed for 80 yards on uh, 20 carries, so four, point, four yards per carry, which is pretty good in the NFL for sure. And then you talk about the fact that Cincinnati had sort of a big play that was a fluke play go their way in which T. Higgins scored a, a super long touchdown, and the replay showed he kind of threw Jalen Ramsey to the turf by grabbing his face mask. And you talk about a special teams error by the Rams where they had a botched field goal that ended up in possession, a, a foolish throw by Matt Stafford at the back of the end zone. All of these things culminate in Cincinnati winning this game absolutely, and it wasn't able to happen. And uh, most of that, though, was because the Rams got the ball last. And you, you're a guy that knows Matt Stafford. He, for all of his quote-unquote failings because of where he was stuck with the Lions for more than a decade, he has long been one of the best two-minute guys in the league, and he showed that again. I think he's got 44 two-minute drills in his career, but none was bigger than the one that he was able to execute on Sunday. Oh, that's exactly right. None was bigger than that. I will tell you what I do know about Matt Stafford. He is a tough, tough young man. Those years in Detroit, I remember one game he threw the winning touchdown pass in a regular season game with a broken collarbone. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is a tough, tough man. And he must be tough mentally as well because of all the things that he's had to overcome to finally get to and win a Super Bowl. Let's talk real quick about the Miss Philgo. Yeah. Right? Those balls, I think you and I talked about it last week. They use a new ball basically every play of the game for many different reasons, you know, charity and all of those things. Do they really? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's that often, though? I knew they've switched out balls a lot, but it's every time they, they respot it, it's a new ball. Except for like a two-minute type situation. Oh, Because they want as many balls in there that are used in the sure. yeah. Super Bowl. All right? And you take an up-close look, and kicking balls are different, right? Sure. So it didn't look to me like that that particular kicking ball was rubbed down. It looked like it was almost right out of the box. Shiny. Yes. So the holder, I mean, he had a bump, and it just slipped right out of his two-finger hold. That's what people do nowadays for about the last right. two decades is two-finger hold. And, it just, and that was a possibility of a big, big play. Nuanas now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas, Marty Morningweg, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks for being here with us on a Super Monday, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We do this the 5 o'clock hour each Monday. And sadly, this will be the last one for this current football season. But we got some other stuff coming down the pipe. We'll see. We'll see where the road leads us, where life takes us. But uh, we'll always have Coach Marty back whenever he wants to come back. And I got to reemphasize this thing with Cooper Cup. I've been talking about him all year long, and, you know, I obviously have a proximity bias as, as somebody that used to, I mean, when he was at Eastern Washington, I knew he was so special that I had a standing interview with him twice a month. 
the, the sports information would always get them on my podcast. By the end of it, I had ran out of stuff to ask him because it's like, you know, what's it like being the best player in the country? You can only ask a guy that so many times. But I was always struck by elite athletes. Sometimes they have to have uh, an almost supernatural bravado. A guy like Odell Beckham, he is so charismatic, but also he's also like a supernova because he can be so mercurial because sometimes, I mean, his that's his greatest strength and his greatest weakness, right? His passion, his swagger, his charisma, those things also sometimes hurt him because he is a little bit over-emotional. But it's so, 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 so rare to have a guy who is ultimately humble like Cooper Cup, but also knows he's the best. But he knows he's the best not because of his gifts, but because of his work. He knows he worked harder than you. There's no question about it. And that's why he's always been so confident. But to watch him work and to see what I saw and then for him to show the world, I mean, it's just been so affirming but also just so cool. But the other thing is, though, I've seen Twitter all day blowing up about this, saying Cooper Cup's a great example of what you can make yourself with hard work. I like the premise I don't like the reality of that because the guy has an otherworldly work ethic. He has an otherworldly discipline. His ability to set a goal and then truly, I mean, to be able to set a goal that you want to be in the mix statistically and in accomplishments with Jerry Rice and then be able to go do it, that is so rare. It is so beyond his athletic gifts. That is a gift unto itself. He's got great athleticism, but he may not be the best athlete on the field. No. That's where his hard work and preparation and feel of the game and instincts come into play. The guy's just an instinctive player. Also, I think it's overlooked, Sean McVay and his staff totally utilize him just beautifully. I thought that they should have utilized him a little bit earlier no question. in that fourth quarter. But the offense, the scheme, they put him in great positions to utilize his strengths. They play right to his strengths. He and the quarterback, I believe the quarterback ended up saying this after the ball game. That's that one play for the touchdown, the back shoulder throw, hours and hours, hours yep. and hours of work on that, and it pays off as a game winner in the Super Bowl. I mean, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and Bill Walsh couldn't have been each other without each other, right? It's the same thing. These guys, they've all had their own, own individual success, but them, those three coming together, it was just such a coal, coalition of, of just brilliance. I mean, they, they are all perfectly made for each other. Yeah, they were, and I'll tell you, you mentioned it uh, earlier all of the moves that the Rams made looked brilliant. That's right. Because they worked. The quarterback, the, the, the receiver, all those, you know, several defensive. All those moves looked brilliant and paid off. And you've got to give it to the whole organization, and especially McVeigh, because they did. They played all, directly to all of those players' strengths. It was unbelievable to watch as well because when the Rams got the ball, you're right. They had been not force-feeding Cup as much as they maybe should have. And then on that last drive, it was all Cooper Cup all the time. I mean, I think that the the drive was nine plays long, and I'm pretty sure they were going to him on seven of them. And so that all culminates then in him his him catching his second touchdown, which, by the way, the first and second touchdowns ever scored by Big Sky Conference alums in the Super Bowl. 
and Cup is the Super Bowl MVP. Unbelievable for the product out of Eastern Washington. The final docket, 21 games this season overall for the Los Angeles Rams. Cup had 178 catches for 2,425 yards and 22 touchdowns. He won the Triple Crown for catches, yards, and touchdowns during the regular season. He was a unanimous first-team All-Pro. He had the most catches ever in a single postseason with 33. He was the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, and he was the Super Bowl MVP. It's got to be one of, if not the greatest season by a wide receiver ever. There's no question about that. And I'll tell you, you were talking about him being a little humble. Uh, The fellows that I've been around that have been sort of like Cooper Cup, great players but a little humble, they did it the hard way. They went to a school like Eastern Washington. They were drafted not in the first round, but in the third or fourth or fifth or a free agent. And they did it the hard way. And that does something to you mentally where OBJ, uh, you know, he's sort of more of a track mentality and he was a super and quite talented young man now. I mean, this dude is full of talent. And he's got, did I read somewhere where he had these diamond cleats? (laughs) <laughs> I would not surprise on the cleats. It would not like surprise that. me. So, you, so totally different mentality. But what great teammates! You know, your teammates and your coach to to, to player. There, you don't have to actually like the guy, right? But but you do have to have great respect for each other, and that's what the great teams have: is great respect for each other. And last note on Cooper Cup, because I've been seeing this around, going around Twitter as well. First of all, the convergence of events is is what creates these wonderful storybook stories. There's a lot of different dynamics that went Cup's way. But the fact that his father and his grandfather both played in the NFL, so he had a blueprint on how to get there, but then he was given this intrinsic motivation without really getting a shot coming out of A.C. Davis High School in Yakima, Washington, but then the fact that his shot came at one of the great wide receiver schools in the Western United States, that's the other thing is people that don't know about the Big Sky Conference, these national media outlets, they don't realize that Cup was one of three NFL wide receivers on that team. That was one of the greatest offensive attacks in the history of college football. Like Kendrick Bourne and Cooper Cup would have started anywhere in the country by the time they were seniors at Eastern Washington. So not only did he have this motivation – from being sort of underrated. He also had a blueprint because of where he comes from, but then he also then had ultimate cultivation because he got to play in this system where they were throwing the ball 60 times a game, so he got all these reps too. So this all then culminates in what he has now become, which is not a surprise to us, even though it's a surprise to everybody out there in the the football world. It's not a surprise for you because you were on Cooper (laughs) Cup years ago, I remember you mentioned, and then I saw the prediction of the Rams winning the Super Bowl. So you've had two right here today. Cooper Cup and the Rams going all the way. It's, it's crazy. You should be you should be like uh, the president of the United States the way the way your predictions are going. Uh, I feel vindicated and clairvoyant all at the same time. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Marty Morningweg in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. Talking all the way around the big game. How about some of the other key storylines in this thing? We'll do that next, but first, how about some free Alpine Touch? We got a Grand Slam package for you. That's four of your favorite types of Alpine Touch seasonings. The all-purpose, the pepper blend, the garlic blend. All you got to do is call us right now, caller number two. We will ship a Grand Slam package right to your doorstep. 
We also got some sunflower seeds from Alpine Touch. Maybe throw those in as well. Call us right now. Call number 2-406-888-1029. More about the big game plus our big Valentine's Day giveaway on the other side. Keep it right here. CSPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Missoula Sports Center. Montana State kept rolling. The Grizz kept finding ways to bounce back, and the Rams are the kings of the football universe. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. In Big Sky Conference hoops action over the weekend, the MSU Bobcats stayed among the hottest teams in the country. Xavier Bishop's layup through contact with six seconds left helped boost Montana State to a 72-70 victory, the 11th in a row for the Bobcats. MSU has now won 16 the last 17 and has its first 20-win season in 20 years. Bobcats sit atop the Big Sky Conference for the 12-2 mark in league play. In Missoula on Saturday, the Montana Grizz bounced back yet again. UM got swept on the road by Weber State and Idaho State last weekend before controlling Southern Utah on Monday. The Grizz again slipped, losing in overtime to Northern Arizona Thursday, marking UM's lone home loss so far this season. On Saturday, Montana bounced back again, earning its 10th Big Sky victory by outlasting Portland State 85-76. The Grizz hit a season-high 11 three-pointers against the Vikings team that entered the weekend on a four-game winning streak. The MSU women had their eight-game winning streak snapped at Southern Utah Thursday, only to rebound for an 83-77 win at Northern Arizona Saturday. Montana State sits at 11-3 in league play. Finally, former Eastern Washington All-American Cooper Cup got the game-winning touchdown and earned Super Bowl MVP honors to help lead the Los Angeles Rams to a 23-20 victory in Super Bowl 56. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Welcome back. A little Merle Haggard for you on a Monday. Appreciate you hanging out with us on this Super Monday. Sad to see the NFL season end, but it was a very, very fun NFL season. It was particularly fun because of this guy, Marty Mornaway, longtime NFL coach, and our co-host here the second hour of every Monday show throughout football season has been tremendous having you, Coach, and uh, sort of sad the season's over. But what a game, what a way for it to end. So let's keep talking about it. The Rams, 23-20 to over the Cincinnati Bengals. And I was thinking about this. You mentioned the three-game losing streak the Rams had in the middle of the year. The Bengals were also a full roller coaster ride for like the first 13 weeks of this year. We were talking about them every week 
oh man, they killed the Ravens. Oh man, they had a terrible loss this week. It was up and down, up and down, but then they caught it at the right moment and then rode that win streak. Uh, right after halftime, when the Rams forced a turnover, or excuse me, the Bengals forced a turnover, and then T. Higgins gets his long touchdown, I'm sitting here thinking, they might just play with house money all the way. They, they might be a 10-7 and 7 team that wins the freaking Super Bowl, but they kind of run out of gas. But it was sort of fitting for this NFL season that you had these two teams that weren't necessarily the dominant teams for the whole regular season, but got hot at the right time to get to this game. Both teams got hot right at the right time. In fact, my wife and I were talking before the game, and she said the Cincinnati Bengals shouldn't even really be here. And I said, but sometimes, sometimes... When people don't think you should be there, and maybe even some of the players and or coaches in the organization, wow, they carry that momentum and win the game. And so early in the second half, I thought, and up until that last drive, I thought that may very well happen for the Cincinnati Bengals. This Bengals team, too, is also anomalous in the fact that their offensive line still isn't very good. Uh, The pro football focus ratings came out for the, the duration of the season. And when every player and every lineman was graded out, the Bengals were 30th out of 32 teams in offensive line play. They're the only team in the history of the league to give up 50-plus sacks in a regular season and make it to the Super Bowl. And that still was an Achilles heel of theirs on Saturday. They got sacked seven times, yet they still only lose by a field goal. And so much of that's just a credit to their young quarterback. But also, I mean, how are they able to mitigate that? Because it is sort of crazy. I mean, giving up 50-plus sacks, that usually means you're going 4-12, and 12, right? Correct. Well, there's two things that come to mind uh, regarding the sacks and the Cincinnati Bengals. Number one, after the season, you go through your scheme evaluation and you look at everything that went on during the season. And so there's a sack reel. Yep. And the sack reel and the interception reel, those are the two toughest to watch with the players. But it has to be done two or three times in the offseason to get the thing corrected. Now, going through that, typically, around two-thirds of the sacks, you can put right on to the quarterback, and that was my style. Somehow, some way, you could have got the football out here, hmm. okay, and even a th- uh, down to a throwaway, right? All right. But they've got to get that corrected. And, and I suspect it's, it's a lack of talent, uh, 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 upper-level talent up front, and a young quarterback that thinks he's Superman. And he's close, but he's not. Superman can fly, see? And then this, my second point on sacks is it kills your yards per attempt. And it did in the Super Bowl as well. Teams that have a big yards per attempt passing the football typically win. I remember there there was a year where we were fighting for a playoff berth, and one of the analytics guys came up and said, we're making the playoffs. There was still two or three games left, and I said, okay, tell me why. Because there's never been a top-five team in yards per attempt in the pass game not make the playoffs. Now, that, that was years ago. That's, what you're saying. that's a great stat. That's how important yards per pass is. You've got points scored, turnover ratio, and yards per pass. Those are the top three stats that I typically look at. 
The narrative coming into this year and throughout the year, too, because of all the moves they made, was just the Rams going all in. That's what everybody kept saying. And there's a portion of that that has validity because you trade for Matt Stafford in the offseason. You add key players like Ashawn Robinson, who I thought was actually one of the most underrated guys for the Rams, uh, the only D lineman that isn't sort of a quote-unquote household name because he's not Aaron Donald, he's not Von Miller, but he was a great addition as well. Leonard Floyd, also an underrated addition. Eric Weddle. But at the end of the day, the guy who wins the game for him is Cooper Cup, who was drafted by them. And uh, they have a couple other guys that were key that they drafted as well. But you were around the NFL for a long time. Were you ever on a team where sort of the the future was being mortgaged for the present, where a lot of draft picks are being traded away and there's sort of this win-now pressure? Well, I'll tell you, yeah, and most of the time it doesn't work, as you know. Right. You know, most of the time it blows up. I will tell you, in San Francisco, we kept pushing the cap, pushing the cap, pushing the cap, and re-signing our very best players almost every year. Right. And kept pushing it out. and put That worked pretty well. Yes. Okay, until the ownership changed, and, and then they wanted to get the cap straightened out there late in my career in San Francisco. And then after we went to the Super Bowl and lost – to the Patriots in Jacksonville, we sort of went all in and, and man alive, everybody got hurt. Right. And it was a tough year coming off. You know, that Super Bowl loss, let's see how the Cincinnati Bengals approach this thing because it is mentally just a letdown only if you allow it. Okay. Otherwise, you got to go back to work. At some point, you go back to work. And you re-energize and you get that mojo back that they had throughout the season because they overcame as well, like you were saying. They lost to some horrible teams, I thought. Teams that were not as good as them. And then they came back and beat teams that I thought maybe were better than them. There's so many great stories coming out of this. Matt Stafford and his uh, renaissance and resurgence as a Super Bowl now champion sort of stole the spotlight along with Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, after being a third-round draft pick out of an FCS school. And those kind of overshadowed the fact that Sean McVay, is he, he is something different than we've ever seen in the NFL. He made it to the Super Bowl when he was the youngest coach in the league and then had a full rebuild and within four years is back in the Super Bowl and now is the youngest Super Bowl-winning head coach in the history of the NFL I know you've known him for a long time. What makes him so special? Why has he been able to do this? Well, I'm aging myself, but I know his granddad right. a little better than him. But I will tell you, so he grew up in a football family as well. You know, his granddad was in the NFL for many, many years. Was John Bill Walsh's yep. right-hand man. Ended up being Bill Walsh's right-hand man in San Francisco for all those Super Bowls. And I was fortunate to be a little bit of a part of that. Uh he is unique because he's mature beyond his years. And then I know we've all read about a possible retirement. Right. You know, and he's 30, what, 7? 37, 37, yeah. 38 years old. Come on. He's not even married yet, I don't think. Is <laughs> I, think, he, I, think, he's engaged, he I think he's engaged. I think he's engaged at he's least. He's engaged yeah. and going to get married. Uh, look, at after you win a Super Bowl, you want to go back to back. Right. See if you can go back to back. So I would be highly surprised. If he gets into broadcasting or something like that too early, it's, 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 it's you know, the old saying, uh, too late is just as bad as too early. You sure. want to give, it, give, this, give this team a chance to win another one. I, I always thought, though, too, the guys that do walk away so early, 
you never then have any sort of part of their demise on display for you. You never see them erode. And sometimes I think it accentuates your legend. I mean, Jim Brown was kind of the first one to do it. Yeah. He walked away and, and he carried the status as the greatest football player ever for decades because of that. Cause he never even played into his thirties. And you saw it with John Madden too. Madden walked away pretty, pretty early on and then was beloved. There was no real anything but the peak of John Madden as a coach and then how beloved he was as a broadcaster. Those are very good points. Yeah. But if you go into broadcasting, you better be good at it. For sure. Or at, There are some ex-players and ex-coaches, right? And some of them I thought, oh, man, they'll be really good in the on the broadcasting thing. Right. And they were horrible, some of them. <laughs> right. Some of them were, totally. did it, right? Totally. And then there were others who I said, no way can they do that. And most of them didn't. But there's a handful that have and still are on TV and radio, and they've done just a, a brilliant job. So you've got to have some natural ability, I think, for the media to go right from coaching. And and he may have that, by the way. For sure. Yeah. But I guarantee, well, I can't guarantee anything, but I would suspect yeah. that he's going to give this team a chance to go back to back because not many teams are able to do that. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The Monday afternoon quarterback, the last one for the 2021-2022 NFL football season. Coach Marty Mornoweg in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. And crazy to think this, Coach, that we have sat here and talked about this game for almost 40 minutes. And we've talked about Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford and Sean McVay, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, all these different factors. And we haven't mentioned the best player in the National Football League. One and only number 99, Aaron Donald, for the Los Angeles Rams. I thought that his interview after the game was awesome. He didn't say anything because he was so overcome with emotion. All he kept saying was, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. This is amazing. But you could just see it in his eyes. A guy like that, for how hard he's worked, to be able to not only lead his team, but, I mean, if there was a defensive MVP in this game, he was it. He had the game-sealing sack. He was dominant throughout the game. Pretty cool for for an affirming moment for a guy that's so individually talented to also now be a Super Bowl champion. I thought Cup and Donald may have shared the MVP. Yep. I thought that was a possibility, especially because of that last play. I mean, that was a critical play. That game may be going into overtime if, right. if, if a couple of those things that he did in that last drive didn't occur. So... Uh, he reminded me of the great Reggie White For when sure. I was with Reggie in Green Bay. And Reggie said, Marty, I've never won a championship in anything at any level. I'm going, that's bull, Reggie. You were a great <laughs> basketball player. You played football. For so many years, you've ne- he goes, I've never won the whole thing. Oh, man. And then he won the whole thing. And what a great emotion you see from young men. I mean, that is a big, big thing, and they know it's big, and they get a ring. Last week, here on the Monday Afternoon Quarterback, we diagnosed three different key matchups we thought in this game. So let's go back over those real quick, because I thought they ended up being exactly the key factors in the game. First of all, we talked about the coaches. I actually thought both coaches were very good in this game. I thought that they they were pretty loose and and, uh, playing to win, not, not tight, really. 
what did you think of just, uh, the, especially when you got two offensive guys that are kind of the offensive masterminds behind these two teams? Well, it started on the first drive. Yeah. Cincinnati goes for it on, what, fourth and one from about the 50, if I remember right. And it blew up on them, and I believe the Rams got points out of that. But I will tell you, we've talked about it before. Being aggressive yep. typically pays off tenfold during the course of a game or the course of a year or the course of the life of a program that you're running. It might bite you in the butt on a rare occasion. But being aggressive typically wins games. So why would a Super Bowl be any different? You've seen some become quite conservative, especially early in Super Bowls. That's not the way to approach it. So your point is, I thought both of them coached very, very well. We also talked about Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense versus the front seven specifically of the Rams. And Burrow was able to get a couple big plays. And uh, I thought he the big the moment was not too big for him. He looked he was fully able to handle the moment. But their offensive line was not what they needed it to be. He got sacked seven times. So that was definitely a detrimental fact in Cincinnati losing this game. It looked like the Cincinnati Bengals took care of Donald in the first half. And then in the second half, the Rams made a little adjustment. I thought that they were going to come out uh, to start the game with some type of three people covered inside, guard, center, guard, to give uh, uh, Donald a one-on-one matchup. They didn't do that much until the second half, and they did it with what I call an elephant look. It's an overload, still four down, an overload on one side, and then they bring a backer, and if you're sliding the line to, to Donald, then the back has to pick up the backer. And you saw that cause a sack on one play. So then they went what I call 5 0. Mm-hmm. And that left Donald one on one just a couple too many times during that second half. And the last one we talked about was Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the red hot Rams offense versus that upstart Bengals defense. Is what we're going to do. One more break, and we'll diagnose that one. Plus, What does this win do for Matt Stafford's legacy? It absolutely accentuates it, but just how much? Keep it right here. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Back after this. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that I... So, Montana, welcome back. Little Willie Nelson for you on a Monday. Hope you're having a fun day coming down from your Super Bowl high. It was a great game, great NFL season. And we have been happy to be analyzing... The ins and outs of this NFL season. 
with Marty Mornaway. Guys, become a great friend of mine and a great contributor here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. So thanks so much for being with us. The last one for this season of the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. And Coach, we got about seven minutes left here. The uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about the specifics of this game was just the, the dynamic of Matt Stafford. Because Matt Stafford, when you look at it, he when he was in Detroit, he was kind of stuck in the place where they couldn't run the ball. And also, he threw for a million yards. He's got several NFL marks. I think he's got the top two passing attempts in a season. I think he's got three of the top six yardages in a season. What does it mean? Who knows? A lot of times when you're losing a lot, you're going to be throwing for a ton of yards. But all that said, he has always had great talent. And now he's got himself a Super Bowl ring, and he's still pretty young. So what do you think this does to sort of for the, the narrative of Matt Stafford's career, the fact that he was able to win this game yesterday? Oh, it elevates it immensely. Yeah. There's no question about that. I'll tell you, we've talked about Matt Stafford before. I loved him coming out of Georgia. Yep. This man can throw the football with the best of them. Very accurate, quick decision maker. He has instincts, especially in the pass game, right? He doesn't, yep. doesn't run much. Uh, but I loved him. And he did some brilliant things in Detroit on some bad football teams. You know, it goes back to, you know, some of the older guys when I was young and up and coming there, they would say, man alive, if that quarterback would have been on a decent team, yep. the, his perception would be different. And you start with the great Manning. Yeah, Archie Manning, of course. If he was on a decent team, people say... He would have been one of the best ever to play and all those things. So there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. It takes a whole organization. For sure. It takes an offense, a defense, special teams to make a quarterback, a really talented, good quarterback, productive quarterback, look good. No doubt. I mean, Terry Bradshaw's been a household name. Terry Bradshaw's a good player, but Terry Bradshaw also had the great fortune of playing with the greatest defense in the history of the league for an entire decade and winning four Super Bowl rings. So it does take more and just the quarterback, a lot of times, time and place is essential. Well, Coach, we've done this. I think this is our uh, 20th or maybe 21st one of these. So that's very really? cool. And uh, we loved having you all season long. But just retrospectively, what was some of your favorite parts of this NFL season? Because this was a pretty unpredictable one. And this was the first one in your late adult life that you got to sit and watch in totality rather than being immersed in it as an NFL coach. Coulter, are you kidding me? My favorite part of the NFL season, 102.9. I love it. Thank you. ESPN Missoula FM on your dot. Listen, I I had a blast. This was my first time sort of doing this type of thing. Not that I haven't spoken to the media before. Sure. I've had for many years, but doing this. And it's awesome because... I got to learn from the best. I mean, the, you guys are the best in the business. Culture, you are. You are on it. Uh, and this organization right here, right, is awesome. I mean, from the from from the front to the back, and it's kind of like an NFL team. It has to be solid from top That's to right. bottom. So appreciative. Loved it. I had a blast. Uh, look, it, I'm going to be doing some, uh, i got to mention this now, I'm going to be doing, uh, well, several speaking engagements are, nice. are, are coming up here pretty quick. But one, one, 
is at North Dakota State University. Oh, baby. At their clinic. So, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to get in there, watch a couple of spring <laughs> practices, <laughs> and see what they're doing. And, uh, got a little espionage. Yeah, you got yourself you know, a little spy here. But uh, you got valuable secrets. But look, we got to talk about college. We got to talk about the Grizz. We got to talk about my son's team a little bit. You know, was down memory lane a couple times. Who wouldn't have loved to have done this? So I appreciate it. Well, it's been so cool for me as just a small-town kid growing up in Montana to hear real-life stories about the guys I idolized growing up. You know, Brett Favre and Reggie White and Steve Young. And it's just so cool that we've had this uh, this sort of inside look at what makes NFL teams tick. You know? And also very enlightening as well because I think it helps put things into perspective because a, th- a lot of times these, uh, these sports talk shows – Get a little off the rails. They make it a little uh, about not what it's not really about. This is this is what it's about. And uh, well, that's because culture. You know your stuff. Well, thanks, man. You go there, uh, uh, right? So the the best media men, yep, and women are the ones who go see with their own eyes, talk to the fellows and 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 the young women and the coaches, and you do that. And great respect uh, that way. Well, thanks, man. Well, I really appreciate it. we got about two minutes left, so let's talk just briefly one minute on each of these teams. First of all, what's next for the Cincinnati Bengals? Because I think that, on one hand, a, a bright start to the future of Joe Burrow, but also, like you were mentioning during the break, once upon a time, Dan Marino was in the Super Bowl year two, and he was competitive throughout the rest of his career, but he never got back there. So what's next for the Bengals? How do they keep this trajectory moving? That's their challenge. They've got a great young quarterback that made it to the Super Bowl. We just talked about when you lose a Super Bowl, you have to regain your edge. And so that whole organization has to regain their edge. And then, and then after you win a Super Bowl, many coaches come in the very next year in the offseason and into training camp and throughout yep. the year. Very, very hard on the fellas. Why? Because they're getting pulled in all different All totally. of a sudden, half their team... They're superstars, and they're getting pulled so many different directions. So, so there's there's some balances to to those type of things, but there's also some strategies that need to be well thought out on how you're going to approach the future. And the Rams now, um, a lot to be determined. We'll see. I, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think Sean McVay or Aaron Donald are walking away from this thing. I think they will run it back. But winning a Super Bowl. In Los Angeles, in Hollywood, you talk about a lot of outside distractions. Here they come for the Los Angeles Rams. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, those L.A. teams, the San Diego team, you know, with the beaches and Miami team with the beach all in the sunshine. You have to battle that. That's quite a challenge to be in one of those cities uh, as well. But the Rams have to keep their edge. That's their challenge. The Bengals have to regain that edge to get back. The the cool thing is that both teams have excellent quarterbacks. And there's about four or five other excellent quarterbacks that are chasing them as well. No doubt about it. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 